I don't know whether you can hear me or not. Maybe some of what I'm saying will echo through. And we're rolling. Okay. Welcome back to Trust God, bro. I'm here with my friend, Dale. Dale Strassheim. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of new equipment I'm working with. We got this new little fancy mic, and I was trying to clip it on Dale coming here, and as I was pulling up, and I, I was looking to the right where this place, this restaurant used to be called Green Gables, yeah. and the Green Gables is no longer there. It's all burnt rubble. Right. I mean, what happened with the, the Green Gables? Well, they had a big fire there about two weeks ago, Uh huh. and... Uh, it's old. The building, I think, it was 92 years old. Uh-huh. So it was dry kindling, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lot of character and nostalgia yeah. and history. Grease. And it's always voted as the best hamburger in the county. Uh-huh. When they do that study and that, that questioning. Um, I think they were burning trash mm -hmm. in a special burnt area Yeah. on the south side of the building. But there was a really strong southern wind mm -hmm. and it obviously blew it into the building somehow yeah and outside of its normal protected area and once it started uh on fire uh they called the fire department but and i think they even tried to get it out with little extinguishers mm -hmm. but it went pretty fast yeah and there were fire trucks here from five or six communities wow um, but it was a windy day and it, it burnt pretty fast yeah. and it was very smoky and yeah. of course it blew a lot of that smoke into the across the street into the Lake Road Inn which uh -huh. is another restaurant Yeah, uh, but it didn't burn so hmm. yeah it's a big loss we're praying that the couple that owned it will rebuild Yeah, but we'll have to wait and see yeah well um, today we're talking about spiritual health and like spiritual health as a church member a little right. bit and so i'm i'm really excited for this and uh before we get into it uh dale i just wanted you to share a little bit of your life before you were showing me pictures and um of your family things i've never heard before that were really cool that your daughter like has taken professional pictures that have been shown across the world mm -hmm. and that like all the things that your family's doing and just to get a little snapshot into your life uh, but for people listening uh, who are you what do you enjoy doing what's your passion um, just to give people a little taste and you can share whatever okay well Carol and I have been married 53 years we'll be 54 here in August wow we have four children two boys and two girls and they're mm -hmm. all different as you probably noticed from your own family yeah um I'm, I'm proud of every one of them. Uh, they've kind of gone on their own unique paths in life. Mm -hmm. And uh, through our, our four children, we have 15 grandchildren. Yeah. They range in age from 25 to five or six. They just turned six, two of them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my career has been varied. Mm -hmm. um, I, felt, I felt a need to be a hospital administrator mm -hmm. from seventh grade. Yeah. I read a book on careers. Wow. And it was written by seventh grade people who were in each different career. Yeah. And short vignettes. And I read that in seventh grade and I thought, 
of all the people I was trying to find Dale Strassheim in the book, that sounded like me. Yeah. And then uh, my freshman year of college, I was taking more of a pre-med course. Um, but I was getting a C in chemistry, and you mm -hmm. don't get into medical school with a C in chemistry. No. So I was back home, yeah. and I saw that book again and read it again, mm -hmm. and once again it spoke to me, hmm. being a hospital administrator. So yeah. I pursued that, and that's what I ended up doing. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have lots of gifts of administration, and like you see people and like kind of what the, their need is. I remember um, coming back from... Uh, this time we're, we're just having conversation at church and then um, I was just sharing how I was really kind of just went through a time of struggling and then I was remember saying that um, I prayed that God would res restore to me the joy of my salvation mm -hmm. and then you said like I could really tell that God's done that in your life and then you also said why didn't you talk to me about this <laughs> um, yeah. yeah well you know uh, I think you know we all learn about gifts yeah. that we get as yeah. Christians. Spiritual gifts. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've ever taken an inventory of what yours are. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, me too. The one I think God gave me the most is to be an encourager. Yeah. And so when I talk to people and if I find areas in their life where they have need mm -hmm. or they're frustrated or they're stressed, mm -hmm. um, there is every kind of scripture you can think of that can meet any of those needs. Mm -hmm. So how do you be a, an encourager to help them? Yeah. Not just in dealing with the situation, but doing it in a faithful way. Yeah. In a, in a, in a Christ-centered way. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, I don't know if I, if I told you that my dad died when, on his 48th birthday. Mm -hmm. I was eight years old. And that is what initiated prayer in my life. Really? I started praying as an eight-year-old uh, because of his death. And I just have always resorted to prayer. Yeah. And I don't claim to have been a, a, a born-again Christian at that point. Sure. But prayer was important to me. It was, yeah. And um, it still is. Yeah. Sometimes I like to ask, like, a fun question. Okay. Um, just to, you know, get things rolling. Uh, icebreaker. Uh, what is your favorite snack food? So your go-to pick, you're at Walmart, Target, Aldi's, and, you know, your wife says, you can get whatever you want, Dale. What do you choose? Well, I probably would say first ice cream. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a hard time saying no to ice cream. Yeah. But snack types of stuff, I love donuts. Yeah. I don't know if that's because ACs are so big on donuts. <laughs> but I also like yeah. salty food. Like yeah. Chips, yeah, you know, and nuts. We eat a lot of a lot of, a nuts. Lot of nuts. Yeah, healthy nuts. Okay, like pistachios. Mostly cashews, cashews, and walnuts, and almonds, and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but we're at Lake Bloomington, so we're kind of sitting off, and we had some boats go past, and uh, just a nice summer day. <laughs> I'm thankful that I was able to take my lunch break to come here. Getting into the topic, when I was telling telling at that time when I was like really, you know, struggling, and you said that, you know, you should have talked to me. So you're on a position of, with the church, you're on the spiritual health committee. Is that right? Well, I just went off. You just went off, okay. After five years. After five I years. I was on it from the beginning of the original. Yeah. And uh, I was on it for the last five years or so. Okay. 
Um, yeah, but it was a good opportunity to work closely with the ministers and with four other brothers mm -hmm. in trying to assess the spiritual needs of our church and our church family. Yeah. So that, that was good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think but you're still in that role, though, as like, you know, someone that has good insight into spiritual health and um, the church member. So, okay. um, yeah, I guess we can start talking about this topic. Uh, we always talk about physical health, but we don't often talk about spiritual health. Yeah. And like we always talk about, oh, this person is really healthy. Like they're they're a health nut. But we never talk about this person is a spiritual health nut. <laughs> and I kind of want to think about what would that mean for someone to be a spiritual health nut? How do you know if you're healthy? How do you know if you're not? Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so I guess to open it up, I wanted to ask you, Dale, what is your journey with spiritual health? Have you always been someone that's always, you know, up and at them? It's like, I'm Dale Strassheim. I've, you know, never a bad day. Or what is your journey with spiritual health? Well, Carol and I started depending on our honeymoon. Really? That's a very unusual thing. That is unusual. Because you don't plan that. Mm. And I had felt called earlier, uh, but she didn't. Mm -hmm. And on the honeymoon, I think she started. And hmm. uh, I thank her for that. Yeah. But once we set the course on that on our honeymoon, we decided to come home early and and uh, talk to parents and yeah. meet with our elder and and so forth. Um, so we've had us, and, and it was important that it happened that way because uh, two months after we got married, uh, I got drafted in the army for the Vietnam War. And um, that started a two years of lots of change. So we depended on our faith. Yeah. We depended on, on Jesus and on the Holy Spirit. Um, because hmm. we got separated right away. And she ended up coming to San Antonio, mm -hmm. and but we didn't get to live together because I was still in training. Uh, but I ended up getting stationed there for four months, so yeah. we did live together then. Hmm. Um, but it was just a challenge. And so then I ended up with orders to go to Bangkok, Thailand. And yeah. so I couldn't take her with me. And uh, so that's what we did. But... Um, during that period of time, she was pregnant, and uh, I, my stepfather, uh, died while I was in Bangkok. Wow. And the army let me come home, and I did come home for the funeral. And it was within, uh, with, it was within a month of the supposed birth of our first child. And they let me, they let me have two weeks off for the funeral. So I requested through the Red Cross to get more time. They gave me two more weeks without pay. Yeah. But lo and behold, the baby didn't come. So I went back to, to California and Oakland Army Base and waited for a flight back to Thailand. And as I was boarding my plane at Travis Air Force Base, the plane, I called home and her mom says that she's a grandma. So I had a new baby girl that I called the hospital and was able to talk to Carol for yeah. a few minutes. But then I let, got on a plane and left for nine more months. So I came home nine months later to a nine-month-old daughter that I had not seen. Wow. That was a challenge. Wow. I, I mean, that is a challenge. Yeah. 
But God, I guess my point is, your faith in Jesus Christ is what gives you the ability to persevere. Hmm. And to persevere in your faith, to persevere in your trust, persevere in your confidence, persevere that He will see you through, even difficult times. Yeah. It's like you're saying, that wouldn't be possible if you never became a Christian. Well, it might be possible. I just didn't experience it that way. Yeah. I'm just saying being a Christian, I think, gave me a stability or a foundation sure. to build upon my faith and uh, persevere yeah. in that faith. And you learn what it means to trust. Hmm. You learn what it means to trust God. I, I have said to people, I may have told you, Dayton, um, uh-huh. the one word I think Christians use the most in their faith discussions is trust yeah. as to when they do the least. Yeah. We talk it, but we don't do it well. Yeah, yeah. Because we come back to saying, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? Yeah. How do I exactly. deal with this? Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. That's what you bring up. Because, I mean, we didn't prep much for this. I kind of told them, here's some questions, some ideas. And then, um, so I know you, you would do well with that. Yeah. Um, but I was preparing on my own just a little bit, nothing yeah. much. And my main takeaway was what you're just saying now, that, what do I do if I'm unhealthy? What do I do if I'm struggling? Um, and it's not a matter of trying harder. Right. It's not about doing more. Because you can hear these things like, oh, I have to pray more. I have to read more. I have to uh, evangelize. But then it's a matter of humility and faith. Yeah. And faith is trust. Right. It's true. And I thought that was incredible. I mean, that you mentioned that. It's like, yeah. it is, because it's not by our works. No. <laughs> and to do what you just said, uh-huh. I would add the word listen. Yeah. Because uh, I think Christians pray, mm-hmm. and that's crucial. But I don't know that we take the time after we pray to listen. Yeah. And to see, because what I think you're describing is, how do we know God's will? Mm-hmm. How do we know His will for us? Yeah. Because He gives us the ability to think about ourselves and to know our Circumstances and know ourselves. Yeah. And we often think we can figure it out ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. We can, you know, monkey wrench it enough. We can <laughs> drink enough coffee, put our heads down, and, you know, we'll, we'll come up with the answers. Yeah. And it's the opposite, I mean, of that is to, right. when we rely on God, that's when we're actually, like, understanding things. Yeah. And that's a matter not of working, but of trusting. Yeah. It, you ever heard of Oswald Chambers? Yeah, he's a good guy. Almost for uh, my almost for his highs is yeah. one is my favorite devotional. You read it in the morning. I do read it in the morning. And the other day he was talking about Christians. You don't always do the right thing mm-hmm. because it isn't what God wants. Yeah. And so, how do you know the Holy Spirit that dwells in you well enough that when you're faced with a difficult decision? or a challenging situation mm-hmm. that you can trust what his will for you is not what you think is the right thing to do. Yeah. So we always think, well, the right thing is the right thing. Mm-hmm. But that's too often an indication that we're we're thinking on our own without letting huh. him influence us. So part of that is listening. Is listening. Yeah. Huh. That's really helpful. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's cool. Um, next question 
what are some signs that someone is like a healthy church member? Like, you know, as you listen and you talk to people that you can tell like, okay, this person's healthy. And what are signs of an unhealthy church member? Well, a healthy church member is obviously somebody that is, that is in the word regularly. Mm -hmm. You know, Americans live a very busy, fast paced life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where I used to hear people pray in church for the less fortunate, I often said, no, we need to pray for the too fortunate. <laughs> the yeah. too fortunate people act, almost don't think they need God because yeah. they've got it all under control. Yeah. But hmm. they, you have to be grounded in God's Word. Yeah. And it has to be a part of you hmm. so that when you're faced with situations, you can draw on it. Yeah. So I think a healthy Christian is one who is a regular reader and studier of the, of the Bible. Yeah. Simply um, put. Yeah, I think that's a, a great summary. There's um, a quote from this book called, mm -hmm. What is a Healthy Church Member? And so it's mm -hmm. really short, um, but it, in it he says, A healthy church member is someone that shares all the sensibilities of a good pastor. Mm -hmm. So someone that reads the word and applies it to their life. Someone that, you know, cares about people coming to faith in Jesus. Yeah. Um, and they support their leadership. You know, they're humble, sum, humbly submitted. Right. Uh, but then what you said about prayer and just like reading the world, uh, word, um, the prayer list in my life is because I am trusting myself. Yeah. I think that I can do enough on my own yeah. and that I don't need to pray because <laughs> I have it under control. Not not God has it under control, but I... So that's my struggle. Mm -hmm. um, and I think other people too, but I think that is a sign of unhealthy right. heart, an unhealthy heart. Um, but, you, but what you're saying, Dayton, is what most people would say. Because mm -hmm. I think God made us with a free will to think and act, do as we're led. And we always want to be in control, self-control. Yeah. Everybody wants self-control. I mean, you get a yeah. child gets out of high school and they're on their college or on their job and mm -hmm. they want to make their own decisions. Yeah. But um, we, we have to really, we have to have a personal relationship with God by having it through Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, Jesus is the center of our faith. And the part of the Trinity that I think we don't think about enough is the Holy Spirit. And yet he's in you. Yeah. And so we got to think about the power of that spirit and the presence of that spirit. Hmm. And that gets back to the point of listening. Yeah. But, you know, another trait that I think I would say in a healthy Christian is do they show love? I mean, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us that to love God first and foremost. But it says love our neighbor as ourself. Mm -hmm. But then later he says to love your love others as I have loved you, mm -hmm. which is even higher calling. We're trying to imitate Jesus in that regard. Yeah. So as we go through life, we get more and more sanctified. Yeah. But we still have that human tendency to draw on ourself instead of on him. Hmm. So, yeah. So that's what I look for in a Christian. When, yeah. they, when they're trying to help you, are they helping you 
out of a love for you and a care for you that can be scripturally based? Yeah. Or is it just based on their own personal yeah. experience? Hmm. Are there any other things that come to mind when it, you think about spiritually healthy? Um... Well, that, that they that they like to worship. That coming to church isn't a isn't a uh, isn't something we just do to be doing. Mm -hmm. It's because we go to worship God. Yeah. And that the whole tenor of that worship experience is to be focusing on. What God wants for us. What is He trying to teach me? Yeah. What is He trying to show me? And will I will I listen enough that I submit and yield to mm -hmm. the truth the truth of the Spirit in me? Yeah. Because I think the Christian life a lot is yielding. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of contrary to what the human spirit wants. <laughs> yeah. Well, and everything about the Christian walk is contrary to what we naturally want. Yeah. Um, we don't want to confess our wrong. We want to seem like where we have it all together. Yeah. Um, and we don't want to be broken and to rely on someone else. Mm -hmm. Like you said, and so all these things are stuff that, um, when they penetrate your life, um, and the way it manifests itself in church is that, I mean, through you submitting to the leaders in, yeah. in the church and like, even like when you're hearing a sermon, like, it's funny. This book talks about um, expositional listening, which mm -hmm. means you read, you listen to it, and maybe you're not taking notes. Some, maybe you are taking notes, mm -hmm. but you're processing it. Um, and they have a big view on, you know, taking notes and like applying it to your life. And yeah. uh, but I know not everyone takes notes at church, um, but it is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah. when you when you you made the question, yeah. when you see somebody in church, how do you know if they're healthy? Yeah. Well, one of the things is um, when they're talking to you, are you really listening? Or are you instead already thinking in your head, what am I going to respond? Mm -hmm. And I think too often we get so caught up in our own thoughts that we're not really hearing what's being yeah. said. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Stephen Covey. Mm -hmm. I love Stephen Covey. But he, outside the Bible, he taught me more about leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, than probably any other book I've read. Sure. And one of his principles was seek first to understand before being understood. And that is really powerful. It is. It's a very powerful tool because yeah. you and I could be negotiating something or discussing something and we're totally opposite on it. Yeah. And I can say, Dayton, help me to understand why you're, why you're coming from that position. What is happened to you or what have you experienced that makes you feel that way mm -hmm. help me better understand what you're yeah. saying it is almost disarming yeah and it, it is starts to create bond of listening to each other so that you can really help each other and support one another and get back to that gift of encouragement hmm. it's a powerful skill yeah it's a powerful skill. not easy but it's yeah powerful it is cool to see how over time that pays so much benefits, like, of just, yeah, when you are genuinely interested and people open up and yeah. you can kind of get to the heart of matter. And so yeah. Stephen Covey's good. See, so, yeah. yeah, I'm sure you found it helpful. Oh, very helpful. I mean, it's, it was a kind of a hallmark of my leadership in, at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm sure we could spend a whole episode <laughs> series on 
your life and like how like leadership and like being administrative and like the hospital i'm sure you have so many stories on that <laughs> but well a book i'm really promoting now and matter of fact i just recommended it to somebody this week oh really is called the way of the shepherd yeah by kevin layman uh-huh because it kind of captures the principles in in covey's book but he does it in a much simpler easier way but yeah the main thing that i learned about leading people and working with people is that they are the most valuable asset of any organization Mm -hmm. more than the financial resources more than the physical resources it's the human capital you have in your people Hmm. so if you focus on them um you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And you're going to help each other and build each other up. Same thing applies in a church. Yeah. It is important uh, to value the people, even though we're varied. We're so different from each other, and we can have such different opinions. Yeah. How can we learn to agree to disagree until we can agree to, to hmm. uh, hear each other yeah. and listen to each other? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think... <laughs> it's very um, the people are the church you know the, these are the members like when Paul is talking about the body um, he's not talking like the membership we hear it isn't a membership to Sam's Club right. but it's a membership to the body of Christ right. and this group of people and so understanding that body and loving that body yeah. is, is big and you know uh, the is it in Corinthians where it yeah. talks about the hand doesn't needs to respect the eye and the mm-hmm. respect the foot and all the different parts of the body Yeah, because they're all connected. I remember I had a, a leadership meeting at the hospital one time and, you know, different departments, many different departments that yeah. have different roles and functions and so forth, and yet they're all one team. Yeah, And I used that Corinthians chapter and read it to them and said, this is kind of the way it is in a hospital organization. You know, we have doctors, we have nurses, we have pharmacists, we have dietitians, we have therapists, and you all have an important role, but mm-hmm. they all work intricately together. Yeah. Um, and so you are a team. Yeah. And the church is the same way. We have so many different skill sets in the church, yet they're all one team. Hmm. They're all connected. Yeah. I want to return the love to him that he has shared with me by trying to become more like Jesus every mm-hmm. day. That, that is my goal in life. And I, I'm not saying I'm there. I, I struggle with that because I have to confess my sins daily. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of embarrassing to go back and confess a sin that you've done for the last few months and say, where am I? Well, how come I'm not yeah. able to overcome that? But in the midst of all that, he still... Loves us and accepts us. That's right. The way we are. It does. It's a good, it's a good reminder. Um, what if I'm unhealthy? What should I do? And I know I mentioned this before, kind of alluded to mm-hmm. it. But what should I do? You know, it's like, what are some things? As a Christian, you mean? Yeah, as a Christian. Well, I think you need to examine yourself mm-hmm. and ask yourself why, mm-hmm. why you're unhealthy. And it comes back again to me to do you have a truly personal relationship with Jesus or is he just another person in your array of people in your life? Yeah. 
because it's that personal relationship that creates a bonding experience. Mm-hmm. And so that drives you back into reading the Bible, praying, listening, um, examining yourself, repenting, mm-hmm. acknowledging the areas in your life where you're off base and honestly doing something to change uh, and appealing to God to help you in that process. Yeah. Trusting Him to do that. Knowing that we won't be perfect until we have a whole new glorified body. Mm-hmm. Then we will. But in the meantime, how do I progress? And it's not my effort. It's what His yeah. Spirit can do in me. Yeah. So it, I'm sorry, but I'm getting back to the listening yeah. part. Yeah. I really think listening is is the part I'm trying to work on the most right now. Sure. How to be a better listener. Because if I listen, and that's, if I can agree with what I listen to and hear, then will it change my behavior? Yeah. In my life, my lifestyle. Yeah. And I kind of gave you a trick question there. <laughs> I was like, what should I do? The real question is, like, what should God do? And, yeah. like, the part of that comes in what you're saying, listening to God. What is God's word? What is he saying to me? What are the people around me in my community saying to me? Like, yeah. you know, and just coming humbly, submitting yourself and... Um, it's hard. <laughs> well, and what you just said, too, is seeking out counsel of, of God, other godly people. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know about you, but in life, we don't have a huge number of truly, truly deep, deep friends. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe a handful. handful. And, but that's all you need, yeah. too. But do you seek out their counsel? And are you willing to take it uh, the way it's delivered to you? And can you listen well enough to to accept things you don't want to hear? Mm-hmm. So I think the Bible is our first source, but I think our close Christian friends are too. But it may require us to ask them. Yeah. They may not come and talk to us without <laughs> being asked. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets back to relationships. So the relationship Jesus wants with us, yeah. he also wants us to have with one another. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crucial. Yeah, it is, and it all comes back to that, the heart that we just need to come to Jesus, and it's like, bring whatever sin you have, whatever shame you have, bring your addictions, come to Jesus, and lay it at His feet, and that's what we need, we need Him more than food, more than water, more than air, we need Him, and so, um, yeah. And you asked about God. God is so crucial in our life because He is God. But the Bible says the way to Him is through Jesus. Mm. And so that's why I keep coming back, keep coming back to where's Jesus in my life? Mm. And what is that relationship? What is that relationship? You know, you can, you can ask people, do you believe in Jesus? And they say, yeah, I read about Him and I know that He existed. Yeah. But that's not the kind of knowing I want. Yeah. You know, um, The Amplified Bible says believing means Mm A-R-T. It means you're adhering to Jesus, relying on Jesus, and trusting in Jesus. Mm -hmm. That is what believing is, because it's not just a head knowledge of who he is. It's a heart knowledge. It is. Perfect wrap-up time. So, as an illustration of what you're talking about, I have this chair here. Okay. And I say, Dale, come sit in this chair. 
but you don't want to sit in this chair. You don't trust the chair. <laughs> but you say, like, oh, it's, it's, it's a good chair. I trust that chair is a good chair, right? But, like, you don't actually sit in the chair, right? Do you, do you really trust this chair? Well, right now I would trust it, yes. Okay. Because I know the chair. Okay, what if I got, like, a, I don't know, maybe one that's more rickety. But, you know, at the same time, it, faith requires action for me to, like, sit down. Yes, yes, it does. And, like, if you talk to someone and say, oh, I trust Jesus, and it's like, well, do you trust him, like, with your life? Like, mm-hmm. will you, like, sit in this chair? Well, do you actually, like, you know, believe in right. what you're saying? Um, and that's a hard concept for someone to understand. <laughs> well, it's, but, like, it's like the yeah. Bible story where he went to heal the man that was crippled, and he yeah. said, take up your bed and walk. Yeah. And they criticized him, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because, you know, you don't have the power to say that. Yeah. And he says, well, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you, or take up your bed and walk? Well, yeah. obviously... The hardest thing is to take up your bed and walk because yeah. it can be proven yes or no. Yeah. But every time almost in the Bible, maybe always, when Jesus went to heal somebody, mm-hmm. they required the receiver to do something. Yeah. It didn't just happen. Yeah. They had to do something. And yeah. that's what you're asking me if I would trust you with the chair. Yeah. Like if I gave you a million dollar check right now and send it, <laughs> you know, sits on your desk, it waits there a year. You don't do anything with the check. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Dale, why didn't you cash in this million-dollar check? Like, you have the money. All you have to do is just check, cash it in. And mm-hmm. same thing. It's like we have this million-dollar check of Jesus. Right. And all we have to do is, like, place our faith in that and, like, yeah. cash it in. And yeah. uh, Like you say, like, action, how that works together. Right. Well, it's like what we said earlier. If you're going to trust him, then trust him. Yeah. Because in my life, when I've faced valleys of life, and, and my faith was tested. It wasn't fun going through it. Uh-huh. But when you look back, he proved he was trustworthy. Yeah. And so I think I can face anything in the future, hmm. any kind of bad thing, hmm. and know that I can trust him. It's good. I, he's proven it. Yeah. It's a good testimony. Yeah. It's a really good testimony. Yeah. So uh, we have to close this out. Thank you for being on the show. It's really fun. You're a delight to be with. Um, For you and Carol, I have stickers. Trust God, bro. (laughs) Perfect. So, you know, (laughs) you can be a happy Trust God, bro guest for life. Uh, Yeah, thank you. You have a Trust God, sis, too? I need to get one. That's coming up. Trust God, sister stickers coming out soon in t-shirts. Anyways, at the end of every episode, we like to say, and that's how you trust God, bro. And that's how you trust God, bro. We should have took three times.